0: I've kinda I've kind of weaned myself off of the like accomplishment addiction, you know, and got more into the like the the pleasure I get from simply creating. Like when I was writing poems and nobody heard them, you know what I'm saying? And nobody could judge them. I like I'm back in that zone. I I find the challenge in like writing a flow that I hadn't heard from myself nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like where my thought used to be, man, if I could just get this flow in front of somebody like Ron Gilmore, you know, like nowadays my thought is if I could impress myself, you know what I'm saying? If I could take it one step further than I was able to take it yesterday. If I could do one more rep than I was able to do yesterday. So.
1: All right, welcome to The Path to Stilled. I'm your host, Kevin Harris. My co-host is Lauren Tashman.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show today.
1: And today we're excited. We have a musician, musical artist, director, The Black Sun. Welcome to the show. Yo, yo, what's going on, guys? Good to have you. So uh, kind of tell us a little bit about what you're up to now, and then after you do that, we'll take back to the beginning and kind of go through your path.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, so right now we actually are planning to go like four year straight. You know what I'm saying? With just like consistent releases, um, consistent content. Like I said, I've been working on a whole lot of video stuff and just like the visual aspect of my art kind of making that more of a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Just as much as my lyrics are, how seriously I take the language, I've like started to treat the the visual just as important. Cool. And so the reason I was kind of like uh, talking about the direction and mentioning that I'm a director right now is that's where I've been focusing my energy is like the visual aspect of my art, just as much as I like put the energy into the piece. I've kind of started to focus that on storyboarding and you know, right treatment stuff like that.
1: Sure. So take us back to how you first got involved in music. Okay. Um. So yeah, I started as a poet. I
0: was maybe 15. Doing like a slam poetry and creating without a beat, you know what I'm saying? Any without any instrumentation or without any background, anything. And uh, that kind of became like what I was known for. We went and did an international poetry slam called Brave Voices, and uh, I was a semifinalist. And that kind of gave birth to a whole lot of stuff. The poem I did uh, on stage that day kind of had like a rap cadence, and um. When I got back to the house, I told my brother, like, I want to be an artist. I want to start to make rap music. And he kind of like, you know, just embraced it, got down with me. He'd been my manager ever since. And so we kind of just made the decision after getting a little bit of a claim, like from poetry and realizing I was good at it from that, you know?
1: So how long was it bef- before you started adding beats or music to the poetry? Uh, So I was 15 when
0: I started writing in general, and then I was probably 18, 17 or 18 when I started to rap. You know what I'm saying?
2: How did you get interested in poetry?
0: Just having a lot of, you know, like, I guess I would call it like pent-up aggression these days, but in retrospect, I just wanted to express the opportunity to like say the things I wasn't able to say in normal conversation or just like maybe to my mama or my brother or friends, like these kind of more complex thoughts that I wanted to express to them and share, I just started to write them as opposed to
1: suppressing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so as you were transitioning, was there a period, uh, so 15 to 18, was there a time when you say you're in the middle of that where you started saying you were writing the words, but you were also hearing the music or did it come all together later?
0: I kind of started to notice that, like, the rap and the music I was hearing wasn't as good to me because I was kind of, like, critiquing it as a poet. You know what I'm saying? And so I would, like, hear something on the radio and think, like, bro, he could have said that right there. Or I would have done this on this beat. And it opened up just the idea, you know what I'm saying, of, it was kind of like a small fear associated with, like, I'm a poet, I don't write rap, so I don't want to be like confined to to a beat or, you know, that kind of stuff. And that, hearing poems on beats, like I would kind of start to, if I had a poem that I felt like fit a beat, I would spit it on the beat while the verse was still on there in the radio, like in the car, on the radio, Mm -hmm. I would just be like, okay, let me just see. And it started to give me this like pace that like I could, you know, reapply to my poetry. And so by the time I was, you know, two or three years into doing poetry, my pace had already became kind of like bouncy and hip hoppy, a whole lot of like punchlines and metaphors and stuff like that. So it really like transitioned well. And it was so like, you know, they kind of are so closely related that I didn't really notice, but I remember that moment where like, (laughs) i would start to replace especially young thug bro because he was like the first you know mumble rapper quote unquote but i would start to like use his flow and put like substantive words there and i kind of like i really still do that you know what i'm saying
1: and so how did the first uh performance come about as far as hip-hop uh
0: so kind of around that same time where it had transitioned out of poetry into rap music uh I put out this song called Wiretaps. And the song was kind of just about being young and like being like a little bit ahead of your years, you know what I'm saying? Kicking it with like older people and all of the byproducts of that, like being the youngest of my friends and my brother and my, my company and stuff, you know? And so uh, after putting that song out, the city kind of started to like show me love and stuff. and A lot of my sister's friends who like are a little bit older started to tap into the stuff. And one of them was a like a promoter, a planner, and they had brought, like her boss, had brought um, Dom Kennedy here around the time of uh, Get Home Safely. And he like called me on the phone. He was like, look, I don't usually like book people without ever seeing them live. You only got one song out, but I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? And so we want to book you. And so I was probably 17 like opening up for Dom Kennedy, I had the like X's on my hand. Cause I was like, we was in a club, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't really even allowed to be in there. And yeah, like the first time I ever performed like my, my rap songs, it was opening up for Dom, at, uh, Anthem.
1: And was that comfortable or did it, was it stressful? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: performing. Which is like it's interesting. It's interesting to even call it performing because that's really when I like feel like myself, you know. Mm-hmm. But performing has always been like a, a strong suit of mine for sure. I try to just like take it there every time—five people, five hundred people. I try my best to just like make it an experience for for each side. For me as an artist, that's getting to express and you know, get all this shit out of my chest. Like for me as an artist and for them as, as the listener, as the audience member, like, I just really appreciate the exchange of energy that gets to happen. So I give them all every time. Like comfortable probably isn't the word though. Like I do experience nerves. I just have practiced channeling them into, you know, a successful performance.
2: How did that compare to when you did that, uh, poetry competition? Was it a similar experience?
0: So with poetry, you know, it's kind of like I, I say it's like a football game where like you're cheering for both sides, you feel <laughs> me? With like with music, I automatically like kind of just uh, accepted the Showtime at the Apollo type vibe. You know, like uh, like I was prepared for people not to like it. With music, I kind of was just prepared to be performing for Dom's audience, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just trying to like get up there and get out of the way. Um, And I also kind of was intimidated by the idea of having music behind me and like um, being the master of the ceremony, getting everybody moving. Like that's not how poetry is. People sit and they listen and they snap when they like something. Like it's a very peaceful environment still, you know? So with the music, I kind of just, (laughs) <laughs> I would be out there in my own world, eyes closed, especially that night opening for Dom. Like, like I'm eyes closed, rapping verses in some of the pictures we look back at just <laughs> because I re- didn't really know how to connect and engage, uh, like, the raps, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely unique and different, just, like, trying to, you know, catch a beat and have people, like, participate with you as opposed to standing there and attempting to command the audience with my, my voice. And so nowadays like on stage i I would definitely say that is actually more performative it's kind of dancey and bouncy uh it was like it went over well i got a good you know reaction and acceptance from the crowd that night and typically do but i was definitely more nervous than i was like doing poetry and definitely had to identify areas where they were different because they're so similar sure
1: and so what was the next step um you said you started out with your brother as a manager what happens after you start this process of actually performing? Um,
0: uh, just like any other like indie startup situation, you know what I'm saying? We went through um, figuring out exactly who it was we would be taking the journey with like as an artist. And so that's videographers and engineers and producers. We kind of just started to build an artistic community, you know? And along that whole time, I'm still, like, performing and engaging with the youth, you know what I'm saying, and teaching spoken word and stuff like that. And then we make calls. <laughs> I guess that's, like, the most most fitting next step is, like, among and throughout uh, looking for pieces to, like, have the team and the machine run smoothly. Uh, we decided to put on a music festival and cause was like kind of on a separate side of the city working the same thing and trying to make some of the same things happen and my brother worked at nike like right before becoming my manager and was telling cause like bro my younger brother is very talented and i mean you know cause kind of like thought that he was biased like he was just like okay i'll (laughs) find out about (laughs) it whenever i find out about it and we like met at a cypher and I kind of like, I was everything my brother had been saying, I suppose, you know. <laughs> and um, Cause was just like down to help with whatever we had going on, but we didn't really have much for him to do. Uh, then we did the Freedom Fest is what it was called. And Cause just kind of, that's when he became T code Cause that day. You know what I'm saying? That's my little nickname for him <laughs> and so we did Freedom Fest and after Freedom Fest, I was just like, Bro, I need you to be my manager. I'm about to ask you a question, but you gotta say yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so the question ended up being like, Will you be my manager? He was like, I'm down. We kinda we kinda been two peas in a pod ever since, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to knock stuff out, be as productive as possible.
1: Well, he told me. So the like story. after
0: spoken word and you said what?
1: Uh, I am you you continue. I'd rather hear your story.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, after spoken word and just kind of discovering that I was good enough to take the music stuff serious, we made calls, and that kind of like solidified it. You know, if it, if the aspects of it are, or the proportions of it have four sides, that was like the third little piece yeah. coming together. You know what I'm saying? So for sure.
1: Well, he, he talked, Cos told a story about uh, you were uh, he was early on as your manager, and uh he was doing some research on youtube and he said you you told him uh, he needed to do more than search youtube uh, early, <laughs> that, uh and i I told him uh it sounds like uh when paperboy and uh Donald Glover's character got into it <laughs> on Atlanta or had the same conversation." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that
0: is hilarious. I, I love it that he even like told that part of the story. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like early on, and you know, I, I feel like this is a part of the process I've learned, but like earlier on, I just felt like, uh, like I was the one, you know, like I have the the most tedious job. And I mean, I have the job that keeps everybody stuff going but it kind of started to feel like was like i'm not, I'm doing this alone i need help you know what i'm saying i want like i asked you to be my manager because i really need help bro and during that period like it's definitely like i was it was some immaturity there too you know what i'm saying but i was very urgent about like where i saw this going and what i wanted this to be you know and as the youngest like, people's response to me would kind of be like, we got time, bro, you know, like, patience, you know? And so I would literally have to start saying stuff like that. It's like, bro, you are spending time on YouTube. I'm trying to spend this time. You know, like, so I, for sure, we used to have to have, like, conversations that were definitely on opposite sides of the spectrum, for sure. sure. And it it ended up, like, enriching our perspective in a unique mm-hmm. way, you know, like, we always know where each other is coming from, like based on conversations like that and moments like that, we can always gauge where the other person is coming from because we have a clear understanding of the goals, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: So tell the listener a little bit, you, you're several of you, um, but you're getting national attention right now. How did, what was it like getting from that uh, regional or Nashville attention to the national stage
0: and this is actually a conversation we having a lot around the camp and the squad these days because you never really like know you know what i'm saying like when those kinds of things are you know are in the oven you know (laughs) and all of 2019 my brother just kept saying like these are the experiences like right now y'all are experiencing things y'all have never experienced before and soon it's going to open up to, you know, money you've never seen before and opportunities you've never seen. And so like we, in 2019 specifically, we had what we would have called, you know, one of our best years. And it it did have a lot to do with what we were able to do locally. We partnered with Perfect Plant and did a a CBD strain. We, uh, We did the Red Bull show, which was like a big thing for Tennessee artists and uh we also did a thing called brown bag fest and deep tropics and all of these things were just like experiences around the way you know and so with my brother saying that like I didn't really know what to prepare for this year like I just knew we had a plan with the music and we were gonna just work our plan you know what I'm saying push our line and before we knew it like we were you know like the coverage was national like it went from being like Nashville scene to NPR you know and it's still even hard right now in this moment to describe like the the feeling that's coming with that because all I want to do is stay consistent all I want to do is like put more music out and have but the feeling that's coming with it is for sure disbelief it's for sure like oh word like this is where we are now you know what I'm saying it's a wake up call it's like a affirmation you know mm-hmm. to 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 the work we've been doing for sure well
1: it's not every day you get a chance to ask uh, someone what was the emotion or what thoughts went through your head when you found out or actually saw your name on NPR <laughs> right
0: right like <laughs> like even nowadays like people have to like remind me like bro, like nah like the prices went up you know it's like it's like you can't be just we <laughs> don't treat it the same, but like NPR is a pretty big deal. Like even the day it happened, I was just like, okay. And then the response in the Texas, and and I was like, oh, wait. People who aren't from here, like who left for school while I was trying to get my thing off the ground or uh, started a film company in New York, stuff like that. Like while we were trying to get this off the ground, those type of people tapping back in and I see you working they say... You know, that kind of stuff. And I see what y'all are doing out here is, that's new. Like all of that attention attention used to just be local. I saw you in the Nashville scene or I saw you at MTA performing. Like it always used to be a Nashville vibe. And I see this moment, like for other artists, you know, like I see other artists go through this little period where a lot of people are discovering them at once. And I've always wondered, you know, like, But what is their real life like in the songs you can hear? Like, this was going on, but I still needed lunch money. Or you know what I'm saying? And so to have my own experience with that and for very real things Like right now, we I'm like working with my family little company, and we like installing some shelves. And then, you know, that's my real life. You know what I'm saying? In comparison to the things that are going on with the national coverage. It's like, it's just interesting to see. It always felt like the artists knew they were about to blow. And like, <laughs> you know, that is the little like energy and the message around what we got going right now. And I just, I can't feel it. It still feels like a Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? But I know <laughs> I got a session and I know all of these opportunities are lining up, but it just still feels like a Wednesday. And I, I attribute that again to like calls in my team. Like it feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. All of it feels like it's, it's just properly falling in line. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I think I've told you before but uh, you're an amazing lyricist so I can understand why you're getting all the attention
0: it's uh man I appreciate that bro for real for sure tell
2: us a little bit more about that because you mentioned you had at the beginning really only written one song right that was what got you that first show what progressed after that how did you continue on writing and what was that like
0: right so as a poet like I was the young poet who like would come every week with a new poem. Like once I realized the value of having new material, mm-hmm. I just started creating and I would constantly create and some things would hit and some things wouldn't and like some things would be, like become poems that we like spit at a little conference somewhere and some would become slam pieces. I mm-hmm. like I noticed that. And so as an artist like we, They really put out my first song before I was ready to put out my first song. But when they did, it gave me that opportunity again to, like, realize what comes from, you know, staying ready as opposed to having to get ready. So uh, my first engineer went to uh, Vanderbilt. And so they dropped that song maybe on a Friday. By Monday, I probably had, like, seven or eight more songs because I was... I had decided to, okay, I'm locking in. This is what I do. I'm an artist, they've released music. I'm gonna make a lot more music. And so I like went on like collecting beats, like literally for like maybe a weekend, you know? And then the next time I got in the studio, I was recording multiple songs because I understood like the value in it comes from having content ready, you know?
1: Did you ever pull any of your poems? Are they now songs? Um, man, you're dope.
0: (laughs) But, like, actually, like, um, so Fresh Air, which is the last thing I released, uh, was actually just a poem. Like, it, it gave birth to five or six songs, but it all started as just like this poem about starting over and, you know, like, just that cliche, like that saying that something is a breath of fresh air and wanting to do that for my own energy, my own aura, and like my own community, you know? And so then I, I wrote this poem about how uh, there were these young black boys like building a spaceship in the hood, you feel me? And that like then the poem went on through its whole little ebbs and flows and the end of it was about stepping off of the spaceship to like a a quote unquote new world or environment. And what the fresh air tasted like, what did that environment sound like? Mm -hmm. All of that stuff became the poem. I mean, became the project fresh air. And so, yeah, I, I actually do that often just because in real life as a human, you know what I'm saying? These are really concepts and theories that I'm unpacking and mm-hmm. like really trying to put my finger on. So I can maybe get a couple of songs out of a phrase, you know? And so with like, with a lot of the poems I wrote growing up, I end up reiterating them, you know what I'm saying? In the music mm-hmm. or over a beat because they're really, it's really just stuff I believe. It's really just stuff I'm exploring and doing research on and so the the topics the things pop back up you know
1: and so if i'm not mistaken you worked with a well known producer for your last album or last few songs can you tell us about that experience
0: uh you talking about black
1: flag I, yeah well i, I know the uh, black flag is the album that i'm thinking of but there's also uh, i was thinking weren't you part of the crew that went to los angeles or is that a
0: Um, Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Oh, Ron Gilmore. Okay, 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 okay. So, man, we are actually, this is a little moment for me, too, as an artist, Mm -hmm. but, like, I'm working with with quite a few, like, well-known, you know what I'm saying? Like, even that (laughs) moment is different for me because I'm working with quite a few well-known producers, and that's a weird, you know, that's a weird little moment. I'm having a little existential moment with that, but, uh... (laughs) Yeah, Ron Gilmore is actually like one of my good friends at this point. But he, um, he worked on Forest Hills Drive with J Cole, and he actually worked on a lot of J Cole stuff. He worked on 444. He worked on stuff with Beyonce. Like he's the, he's the man. You know what I'm saying? But like he he's he's also the homie, and I am getting to experience how you know, like kind of on every level, how normal and how regular. It is, you know, and especially when you're bringing your authentic self to it as well. You know, like we went to L.A. and we kind of like kicked it with Ron as a homie first, you know, and then just as a homie, we were able to get tunes out and share ideas and like build on like these general concepts that we already agree on we were just able to build on him in the same space as opposed to shooting a text message or he's originally from Nashville. So how we linked is he came here around the Red Bull show. So uh, all of that created, you know, the the LA trip and created the relationship that we have with Ron and stuff.
1: That's awesome. Uh, And you said it was kind of surreal sometimes to be standing in the same room or with the gold albums. Yeah, for
0: sure. For sure for sure uh and and especially because it is also so normal it's like whatever that thin line or that intersection is like we literally were just like kind of like kicking it in his studio and before i knew it like i'm like looking at plaques plaque after plaque after platinum plaque you know and i was like wow like you know, just based on how I think about energy, to be so many degrees separated from this energy and this place, this time I am in my life right now, to be the degree separated from it that I could see, you know, 2014, and now to be one degree away from J. Cole or Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were there and J. Cole <laughs> called him on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is, a, it is one single degree, you know? Yeah. And so, that's when it becomes surreal like it's like man i was literally just writing a verse in my phone and like now i'm looking at a jay-z platinum plaque you know what i'm saying and wow. like like or i was literally just in nashville eating hot chicken and now um you know what i'm saying i'm here working with ron gilmore like and so the the surreal vibe comes from the average vibe it's like it's still very normal it's still very family nashville around the way up the street homeboy vibe and he's just also a platinum selling you know you know record producer
1: and have you found that has uh pros and cons in the sense that because it is now normal there's it almost takes something else to kind of not excite you but uh, just blow your mind because for me, i found... Man, bro, are you like a psychic or something?
0: <laughs> you guys
2: are just in tune. It. <laughs> it's like, bro, come on, bro,
0: you've been watching my text messages. The phone, bro.
1: <laughs> well, I've had a similar bro, that's, experience. That's, that's, I,
0: real deal, real yeah. deal. Uh, that's actually... um, Like, that's that's a part of, like, what I'm meditating on, you know what I'm saying, these days. It's actually some something I'm working on and dealing with, like, in a very personal way like through meditation and through mindfulness, you know? Mm -hmm. But I am learning and realizing that the more uh, we climb and the more like accolades and accomplishments and stuff we make, the thrill isn't coming from that anymore. You know what I'm saying? The thrill isn't coming from being on stage in front of a lot of people and and, or being on stage in front of a lot of people and them liking me. All of that is becoming more of the, like more of a part of the job, you know? Mm And at first it was kind of leading to like thoughts about my own worth, you know what I'm saying? And like thoughts about the path I'm on. Well, if this is my purpose, wouldn't it like fulfill me a little more? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. that was the gateway to like me realizing and the opportunity for me to realize that like I'm really just, I like to connect with the people, you know, like I really enjoy civic engagement you know what i'm saying and i really enjoy like uh coming up with a plan or a treatment you know and and it being executed even that's that's a, a large part of why i'm challenging myself to work on it visually as well because i've noticed that like more than any accomplishment more than any like hand clap i could receive like i really enjoy executing you know more than anybody i could work with or anything somebody could say about my skillset, like I really enjoy like having an idea in my mind and then seeing it in real life, like bringing it here to the physical, like it's what I really get my joy from, you know what I'm saying? And I realized that success is kind of just a byproduct, you know what I'm saying, of of expressing, you know what I'm saying? And, And taking the challenge, accepting the challenge of Expressing exactly who you are, success is usually a byproduct of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I've kind of, I've kind of weaned myself off of the like accomplishment addiction, you know, and got more into the like the the pleasure I get from simply creating. Like when I was writing poems and nobody heard them, you know what I'm saying, and nobody could judge them. I like I'm back in that zone. Mm-hmm. I, I find it challenging, like writing a flow that I hadn't heard from myself nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like where my thought used to be, man, if I could just get this flow in front of somebody like Ron Gilmore, you know? Like nowadays, my thought is if I could impress myself, you know what I'm saying? If I could take it one step further than I was able to take it yesterday, if I could do one more rep than I was able to do yesterday. So for sure, I was definitely struggling with having accomplished things that I really had on my vision board and stuff. kind of like needing a new vision board, you know? I was struggling with that. And nowadays, like, my best self is pretty much all I need on my vision board. Like, that's what I'm working toward, you know what I'm saying?
1: That's powerful.
0: So
2: powerful. <laughs> I can oh. tell you're a poet.
1: <laughs> and so usually we ask what you've learned about yourself during all of this, but I think that kind of touches on that. Is there anything you want to add that you've learned? Uh. I mean, just kind of like it is
0: branches that branch off from that. But I've, I've also learned to, you know, not compare. I don't even really know how to do it because it is this like competitive edge that I still have and harness and take pride in. But what I just said is kind of piggybacked by the idea of comparing it to anybody else in a, in a value way putting value statements like on my art, putting value statements on other people's art. It's like, I always notice where somebody could have said a different bar. You know what I'm saying? Or how a beat could be structured a little differently, but that's what makes it that person's art. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas a young poet, that's like a tool I was able to use in order to like make me a better rapper is one I've had to like abandon because it, it, it also like limits my expression. You know what I'm saying? Where, Like like I said, I still kinda do it with like Young Thug and Tierra Whack. I still might like hear a flow they did and understand a way I could, Mm. you know, sprinkle a little of my sauce on it and make it different. And I can appreciate theirs. Mm. And theirs isn't wrong or not as good. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and I understand what gave them the artistic liberty and license to do it that way. And I appreciate that. And I can hear that and I can receive it, you know? And so A lot of it these days is coming from where I used to critique and where I used to try to like dissect things and reverse engineer them. I've learned to like work with all the parts, you know? And appreciate things for what they are. Like after Thanksgiving my auntie, she used to always like make hash with the turkey. And I used to like, I hated it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But she, every time I expressed not wanting to eat hash because we just ate turkey for Thanksgiving, she would express how uh, resourceful it was. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How using these parts that we would've normally discarded ended up, you know, as another meal. And like, that's how I'm treating this whole like art thing right now. It's like, I might take literally some lyrics that I decided to keep off of a song and make them the intro for the next one or, you know what I'm saying? Something that I thought somebody did wrong on a song or a critique I had, I might try it just for the challenge. You know what I'm saying? I want to be more of an understanding uh, representation of my people than a, than a, some kind of elitist, you know what I'm saying? Like.
2: I was curious about that because you'd mentioned being critical of your own work as well. Have you applied this same learning to your own work or are you still very critical?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you already know it's much more difficult to (laughs) take it it that easy on myself for sure. But uh, it is like once you have the realization, it is easier to reapply. I will say that. But yeah, I'm definitely still pretty hard on myself, <laughs> for sure.
1: And and I have a related, somewhat related question. You mentioned the critiquing the other artist and not being able to listen without kind of, you know, even if you appreciate it, you wanted to insert your own words. Is there anybody that you've just said that's a masterpiece? Leave it alone. Um, and if so, who?
2: Ah. like you're putting them uh, on the spot here
0: yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. fair enough uh feel free to skip them
0: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 definitely not we ain't gonna skip it um i do i actually do have two examples like period and which is crazy you know what i'm saying the second you asked i thought of them and i'm trying to like search for a little like, a couple more maybe or something like that i don't have them like there's a critique there each time. um. So, Namir Blade, who is an artist here in Nashville, bro, like, that is top tier expression. You feel me? I'm always, like, lyric driven. I always think of, like, the words that are being used on something first. But also, like, the production, you know? Like, the, the concept he's kind of, like, unpacking you feel me is that like the world ended and everybody hopped in something and traveled out like he and it's called uh a like i can't remember the name exactly but Affinion or something like that a traveling circus and so the whole concept is just crazy you know what i'm saying you can hear these like space elements and uh, it's like voice memos that he has from people on there talking about what they miss about earth and stuff like that. Like it is very poetic and it is very musically beautiful. You feel me? So yeah, as an artist, you know, if I was really just really trying, I probably could still find some critiques as a poet, <laughs> but like <laughs> as an artist, I can totally accept that piece of art as a master piece, bro. And, uh. And then, of course, Kendrick, bro. I'm a big Kendrick <laughs> fan. Yeah. And so, Good Kid and Mad City is like as close to a perfect album as I think you can get, bro. Like, every single word is used intentionally. You know? Like, from the, his parents on the skit, Uh, like, there's one point where his pop says, like, and I, you know, I have this in my mind because this is what I want to do with my projects, but his pop's like, Cut my oldies back on, you killing my vibe. And the next song is Please Don't Kill My Vibe. You feel me? Yeah. Like it is so intentional. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how I, you know, that's how I prepare my music with the same intentionality. I'm trying to help create an emotion, a feeling. And Kendrick nails it on that album, he nails it.
2: It sounds like you are striving to create or and appreciate creating emotion and feeling, but also like a vision, almost like a vision of, a, of like you can put yourself into
0: the, the, the word I, I've been using lately is immersion yep. like as an artist I want people to be able to immerse themselves into what I have going on and so it's basically what you just said I, I, I use all five senses to make the music mm-hmm. and so I want to be able to activate all five senses mm-hmm. when it's being heard when it's being felt when it's being seen you know what I'm saying like it's it's, if I can perfectly describe like my aunt's living room you feel me then you'll be able to smell the apple cinnamon Mm -hmm. candle you know what I'm saying if I Mm -hmm. successfully get that description in there you the hardwood floors will be you'll be able to identify that feeling based on your own experiences you know what I'm saying and so for sure that's my whole thing right now is just like making it just as aesthetically pleasing as it is sonically pleasing and even you know, like, like some of my music, I wanted to be able to be played in a restaurant or elevator music. Like, I want to make experience music. Oh, I, I, I remember this song. It was the song I was playing when we first met. You know what I'm saying? Like things that you can totally attach to an experience. That's my whole thing. Like I want you to be immersed in the vibe. You know. For sure.
1: Um, and <laughs> what advice do you have for up and coming artists? So. I have two mantras that I just I, I
0: go back and forth between them but I wish I would have been you know told them and had them broken down to me as a young artist but um the first one is every day is day one. And so like what I mean by that is the energy and the like fervor, you know, that we have when we are starting projects and mm maybe first day of school vibe, the first day working out, like that energy is energy that I have like worked to harness. You know, the approach you have when you want to learn something for the first time, when you talk into a girl you really like for the first time, like every day is day one. Like the nerves that come with it are good nerves. You know, the, uh, the humble approach and the, the willingness to learn that you have when you first start something is, is a good humble. You know, like, um, you know, just the excitement you have on day one of something is excitement you can reapply and take into everything you do, even if it is day 700, you know? Like every day is day one, you'll have, you know, the, some good energy about it. And you also get the opportunity to let whatever happened yesterday be what happened yesterday. And reclaim the power of a fresh start, of fresh air, you know what I'm saying? Things being anew, fresh, you know? And so that's the first one, every day is day one, just approaching it, approaching this game like every day is day one and, and stacking them day ones, the good memories, the good moments, the good things that you pull from it, uh, like just good experiences, allow those to stack on top of one another, you know? And allow the, the the day ones to pile up until it's a good week, a good year, or a good life. You know what I'm saying? If you're just yeah. approaching it with the every day is day one mindset. Um, I like that. Also, I ain't miss no worms. And so, on my day one, you know what I'm saying? I'm waking up with the early bird because I don't want to miss any worms. And so, my second mantra is like, can't miss no worms. Like I'm trying to. <laughs> Get every opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my mentors told me it's okay to be prepared and not have opportunities, mm-hmm. but it would be a shame to get the opportunity and not be prepared, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Wow, and so you know, I just take that approach into my everyday, like, I'm ready for whatever comes my way. Like, if it's somebody saying, Rap right now, you know, I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so even if it is uh, somebody, like, needing handiwork, you know, I, like, pride myself on taking that opportunity to learn something I don't know or spruce up something I do know how to do. Like, every opportunity, I'm trying to catch it. I'm trying to get every worm. Like, and I don't really want anybody else's worms, you know, but I want every (laughs) single worm, like, that's for me. And so, I would just say, like, don't miss burns, bro. Like, be uncomfortable to be prepared, you know? Like, choose a, a, something challenging that would invent, in, in, enhance, enhance, you know what I'm saying? And advance your skills every day. Like, every single day, I go ahead and I look up a, a more challenging workout. Literally, every day, I will implement something that, like, I hadn't been able to do even if it's just like lifting something a little bit heavier um like challenging myself to learn like a new chord on the keys like every day it is built into like you know what I'm saying I've been doing it 21 plus days at this point it's like a habit but I started in June like uh June well maybe May 29th or something like that I'm like talking to my homie and I was like bro 30 days from now we do not want to say we could have started 30 days ago and from that point, June 1st, every single day, I've been like adding weight to the to the bar. You know, we got like a gym downstairs, like where we at the studio, we also just added some gym equipment. So uh, I might add some weight to the bar. I might learn a scale on the piano that I didn't know the day before. But nowadays, every single day I do something that I don't necessarily want to do, but it improves me, you know? because it conditions my mind to to not miss worms, to get out of the bed even though it's comfortable at six o'clock in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> go back the next day and the next day and the next day until what the persons who I'm laying hardwood floor at their house, they want hardwood floor, you know? They don't want half of it. And so some days you feel like it and some days you don't, but conditioning your mind to accept the challenge of doing something you don't feel like doing Kind of becomes a muscle memory thing, you know what I'm saying? And so, I would nice. also say that to like to young artists who like want to really take it there is don't miss any worms, bro. Condition condition your mind to to accept the challenges that you might not take every day, you know. Yeah. Nice.
1: And so, I want to give you a chance to tell us about the picture you sent us. Um, do you remember?
0: Uh, okay, so up? that uh, that has to do with like the work we're doing. Um, like that has to do with the work we're doing like in the community, the community engagement aspect of it. This is me like posted up in front of um, actually a free clothing store here in the city with Gideon's Army. And so the work I'm doing with Gideon's Army is kind of just like as a, as a mobilizer, you know what I'm saying? We want to get people to these uh, assemblies that we're doing. And we just want to have people informed about like who they're voting for, what they're actually voting for when they do the local mm-hmm. voting and stuff like that. And then also just being a resource to the community. So where I'm posted up in front of right here is the free clothing store they have on Clarksville Highway. Um, literally anything people need, they can just call the number that's right behind me, make an appointment to come into the store and anything we have in the store, they have access to. Mm-hmm. And so that being you know trash bags and toiletries and stuff like that to winter coats for people who don't have access to stuff to keep them warm this winter Mm -hmm. and so that's why that photo is so important to me because it ties into also the work i do with the kids so i also like teach literacy like what i've done with poetry these days you know is i started to teach literacy to kids through spoken word Mm -hmm. and so I might be teaching them the literary device of, of uh, alliteration or or you know what I'm saying? Something like that, but I'll, I'll use a poem of mine as the model. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I might teach them how to, uh, like the difference between a simile and a metaphor, but I'll use a poem of mine as the model. You know what I'm saying? Give them a poem of mine as a model to demonstrate imagery or. Uh, just bringing texture to the writing, like all of those types of things is, that's what I do with my poetry now. I teach at a place called Salama, it's a Urban Ministries. And so they also have like acting classes for kids and drum classes. And so I just, in that way, wanna, you know, pour back into to like the creative community and, you know, potentially help the next version of me, like skip some of the harder steps, you know? sure
1: and i know you're a busy man and it um, might not be feasible but that could be the class with teaching the all the stuff about language based on your writing you could even take that more broadly (laughs) that could be a national thing man
0: wow <laughs> man appreciate that idea
2: because <laughs> he's gonna take it and run with it now <laughs>
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: He, you're gonna see re- a
2: chorus pop up on course or something right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Well, when
1: you yeah because I was thinking I would be uh that would be something I would be into and uh, me
2: too I would wow. take it too you yeah. got two people wow. who would sign up for that <laughs> course
0: I'm gonna let y'all know what's up <laughs> for sure. For
1: sure. For sure. And uh, anything that we haven't asked you about that you want to share with the listener?
0: Uh, No, nah, we, covered, we covered quite a few of the bases. I, uh, I definitely want to, like, shout out my team, you know what I'm saying, and just, like, send love to them. Um, I'm really proud of these guys right now, you know what I'm saying, because w- in regards to that, like, when I was younger and when my brother made this decision, we also paired the decision to take this serious with – llc in the name of the company and Mm -hmm. you know teaching me stuff about uh music business and sync licensing and so i also every now and then like put on the exec hat you know Mm -hmm. and like sit in meetings about uh the stuff we're doing and sit in meetings about the guys i'm working with and kind of help them develop and so you know like i'm proud of of my squad and how serious we're taking it and how serious we are, you know, how dedicated we are to catching every opportunity. So, Black City, Funky 10, big shout out to them. Uh, Total separate shout out to Cause, cause he the main reason Mm I got my head on straight today. (laughs) Um, Like, cause he's like my, you know what I'm saying? We work very close and like very personally, as opposed to like the team, we kind of be like doing our own thing and we bring it all back to this general same table and eat together. Like, me and cause, we go get the worms together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, total separate shout-out to him for just helping me keep all of these ideas in my head organized. Um, Yeah, special shout-out to y'all, man, for having me on here. Like, I, I appreciate the opportunity to get to express all of this.
1: For sure. And the, the pleasure is ours. Um, and that's what I was going to say. The uh, one thing I've been impressed with, watching your career and uh, some of the others in your group is uh, how professionally done everything is like you know everybody can say they're going to do something or everybody can say they're doing something but right, I've been right. impressed consistently uh, since I've met you uh, it's been you know a little over a year now and just watching what you guys do across the board has been right. impressive.
0: so man thank you for real for real
1: um and what's the uh you might have already touched on this earlier, but what's the biggest takeaway from your path?
0: Oh, man, uh, that it is called going through it for a reason. <laughs> you dig? <laughs> um, like, it's, a, it's another side, you know what I'm saying, to whatever the situation is. And so just to, to stay in line with the path theme, you know, like the path, whoever it is listening to this and the path I'm on, the path we're on today, might not necessarily directly or identically represent um where we want to be you know Mm -hmm. but that that is why it's called going through it you know like to go through it uh alludes to the fact that there is something on the other side that we're working towards something we're going through it we ain't just in it we ain't going to it (laughs) you know what i'm saying we're going through it and so it's something on the other side no matter what that is you know like if it's If you're in a great situation right now, just know that if you end up going through it, it's it's something on the other side, you know? And so just like being aware that like, there's there's a forest and there are trees and there are leaves and you don't wanna confuse any of them for the other one.
1: You did? (laughs) Well, thank you. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us and uh, it's been a pleasure. Man, much appreciated. You've been great, Lauren. (laughs)
2: Thank you. So have you. you. I could talk to you all day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Path Distilled is hosted by Kevin Harris and Lauren Tashman, created and produced by Kevin Harris. The content is copyrighted by The Path Distilled, all rights reserved.